Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's program at Calvary Live. We do invite you to call in at that number that you just heard, 303-690-3000. We'll get you to me, and we can talk. You can ask your questions about the Bible, Christian living, uh, maybe perhaps What's our worldview, our biblical worldview about the things that we see going on around us? So please grab one of those open lines and let's talk about the things of the Lord. And uh, let's uh, be encouraged and let's be blessed. And uh, we have the Word of God to guide us and give us answers. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number uh, here on Calvary Live on this Monday, the 9th of January. So glad that you have tuned in to the program and want to welcome all who are listening. There's another way for you to be able to communicate a question or a prayer request, and we are here to pray with you as well, and that is through a dedicated text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the program, but I just want to remind you that it's a good idea to put those uh, numbers, if you're a regular listener to Calvary Live, in your contacts, and then you can just pull it up and give me a call or shoot a text, that text line. And always I encourage you uh, to, and remind you to be safe when you are texting. And that is a 24-hour, seven days a week text line that you can text in a prayer request. And I think that's just uh, worth reminding as we start a new year, as uh, you go throughout uh, the year and you have prayer requests, please use that. And the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, there's going to be people praying for you. And I think that's just um, something that brings comfort. Paul talks about that, uh, about receiving comfort, knowing that the Christians were praying for him. And even Paul the Apostle, as you read the book of of Romans, and at the end of the book of Romans, he says, please pray for me. And I used to think that perhaps that asking for prayer was something of uh, that, you know, I'm a pastor, I shouldn't be asking for prayer, or it was a sign of weakness. No, Paul asked for prayer. Um, and there's other places in the Scripture where he asked for prayer. And Paul the Apostle, this great man of faith, a pillar of the faith, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he asked for prayer. And so don't be afraid to ask for prayer. Don't be afraid to call in if you need prayer for anything. Again, that call-in number is 303-690-3000. I want to to introduce myself once again. I'm usually here on Mondays on Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Blessed to be with you. Those of you listening live on Grace FM, uh, the radio network, two different stations uh, that gets along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming. Welcome as we have, uh, I guess you would call it a beautiful day for January. The sun is out, uh, fairly mild. It's not bitter cold. And uh, so I'm glad that you 
have the opportunity to call and that you're tuned in and listening live. Uh, maybe perhaps you're on your way home. Uh, maybe you're uh, at home um, uh, getting the kids at work, finishing up, wherever you're at. Give me a call if you've got an opportunity. we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I want to also welcome all those who are listening, Radio by Grace. So many stations across the nation, you're listening live. And the online listeners as well, no matter where you're at in the United States, you have opportunity to uh, give me a call at that number, 303-690-3000. we got all open lines right now. As soon as the calls start coming in, we'll go to the phone lines. And i uh, love to talk with you. Also, the text line, 720-336-0897. And I just want to remind you that those of you that are part of our Calvary Live family on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, uh, you too can uh, call. We'll have the conversation and then... The program will be a week delayed, but uh, so many calls from the East Coast and also from Idaho. Uh, So glad that you guys can join us on today's program. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Uh, There's a text uh, prayer request that came in. We'll start with that, waiting for the phone lines to ring. And it says, please pray. I feel discouraged in this new year, and thank you. And uh, perhaps you're feeling discouraged. This can be a time of the year, particularly as we get into January. Uh, matter of fact, uh, they say that January is the most uh, discouraging, um, you know, depressing, people feeling down, uh, you know, time of the year than, than ever. And that's because the holidays are over. We've put away the, the Christmas decorations, uh, the uh, perhaps friends and family uh, have left. Uh, going back, uh, if you had visitors and a great time, it's back to work for you, back to school. Uh, pretty soon the bills start coming in for the presents that we bought and the money that we spent for Christmas. And it can be a discouraging time of the year. It, uh, as you look out, the sky is gray, the trees are gray, uh, the ground is gray, and uh, and I just want to encourage you. We're going to pray for this individual that wants prayer, uh, but uh, to look to the Lord. And Paul would talk about the different seasons of his life in the book of Acts, and there's different seasons that we can go through in our spiritual lives, and sometimes you know, it feels like it's wintertime. It's just kind of gray, and it's cold in our hearts, and uh, it just, um, we get discouraged and down. Uh, but the Lord desires to minister to us in whatever state that we are in, whatever season that we're in. And I want you to know this. If you feel like that you're in winter and you're in a time of discouragement, uh, please remember that spring is coming. And the Lord desires to minister to your heart right now His comfort, because He's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations, in all of our seasons that we go through. And he desires to be the lifter of your head. So, Father, this one that has texted in that uh, needs prayer um, and encouragement, Lord, I pray that you would just be the lifter of their head, that you would comfort their heart, and they would know that uh, you are with them, traveling with them in this new year, uh, that you desire to do work in their heart and in their life. And, Lord, that uh, your promises are true and they can rest in your love. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would build them up, that you would minister to them. 
um, your encouragement, um, that you would, Lord, fill them with that um, unspeakable joy that the Bible talks about and a peace that passes understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska. James. James? Hi, Jeff. Yeah, how you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Oh, good. Great. You know, I, uh, um, I'm i actually interested on, on uh, the, the point of view that you might have on uh, the new covenant reality and um, how how we're able to, um, you know, have that positive uh, mindset like you were talking about for the New Year's, um, both maybe uh, lunar and solar calendar, because we, we got two calendars, right? But um, uh, I, I was just wondering, you know, uh, what has the Lord been showing you? And, and my question is, how are we the uh, temple of the Holy Spirit and, and um Maybe what does that look like in the next, uh, you know, 50 to 100 years if the Lord comes back? Well, I hope he comes back before 50 or 100 years. But, <laughs> it, you know, we are called the temple. The church is called, you know, the temple of God as well. And, you know, uh, Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians, I tell you a mystery. And that word mystery in the New Testament is not who done it. You know, that's the way we define that word mystery, but here's an understanding that is being declared to you, and that is Christ dwells in your heart. And I think that uh, it's very important for us to be um, ones that were Spirit-led, to walk in the Spirit, uh, to uh, just be taught by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us and to teach us. And as we uh, go through life uh, every day, just a surrender and a yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Um, and it's that's what makes being a Christian so wonderful. Um, that's what makes Christianity uh, real and, and vibrant, is that we have relationship with a holy God, the creator of the universe, and he dwells in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So uh, we are the tabernacle of God, um, and we are the temple of God. Uh, God dwelling in us. And, you know, in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, uh, that's why this new covenant, you spoke of the new covenant, is so superior to the old covenant, because in the old covenant, in the Old Testament, uh, one of the things that the writer of Hebrews brings out is that it didn't bring people into the presence of God. It was only the high priest that was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, where the tangible presence of God was, and uh, it was only one day a year for a short time uh, after uh, elaborate washings and cleansings. And in the book of Hebrews, it's declared that that now we can come into the Holy of Holies because we have confidence in what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's an amazing statement. And those Hebrew readers reading that in the first century, and, and can you imagine Aaron reading that from the Old Testament saying, wow, that you Christians can go into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies with confidence. It's not our own confidence, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and we can do it anytime we want. We can do it as long as we want, and we can do it as many times as we want. So I think a key for us, you know, in our Christian lives is stay close to the Lord. You know, be in His Word. 
be praying, stay close to him, walk with him, um, and uh, just yield to him in what he wants to do in our lives and growing us and maturing us. And that's the work of the Spirit in our lives. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're looking at, uh, James, but that's what yeah. I think about. I, I had a, a question about the tabernacle because I, I know the tabernacle had, you know, the Ark of the Covenant and it had the uh, the, the priestly garments. Uh, is that is that active in a, a new covenant believer? Um, um, and, and how how do we how, how do we maintain that um, that fire per se uh, of relationship with the Lord? Maybe, maybe that might help me a little bit there. I think the key for me, and I always remind my congregation: read your Bible every day, have your devotions every day. There's all kinds of books that are out there. There's mountains and mountains of book of how to have a vibrant, you know, successful Christian life. And I think the key is to go to him, start your day with him, look to him, go to him. And, and not just in the beginning of the day, but when you end your day, just be sensitive to his leading because that's, um, you know, and be in the word, be learning the word. And there's other practical things that you can do. And that is be in fellowship with the brethren, um, be ministering and uh, be serving others. And those are the exhortations that we see in the New Testament. And and to know this, that God um, desires for us to grow in our love for him and our devotion to him in this process of sanctification. And to know that um, that as we do, just day by day, moment by moment, um, that it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and what happens is we can get distracted with all the cares of life and the noise of life and, and the things that are going on in life. And he desires for us um, in every area of our life to keep him preeminent and just to, to yield to him and to, uh, to just learn of him and stay close to him in prayer in the word. So hope that helps, James. Appreciate your question. And, you know, I just want to pray for you in this year that, that the Lord will do a work in you and ministering and growing you and keeping you close. And you're, you know, it's so exciting. Our Christian walk should be vibrant. It shouldn't be boring or mundane or dull. And the Lord, um, you know, just wants to work in us that inexpressible joy and peace and, and just vitality of, of just the realization that we have relationship with him. So, Father, I pray that for James. I pray that you would bless him, and, Lord, that as the, uh, he is being led by you, as he's seeking you, that you would grow him in his love for you and in the word, and, Lord, as he abides in you, you promised that we would bear fruit and that you would do that in his life. So just draw him to you, work in his life, bless his year uh, as we've entered into this new year in every way, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Thank James. You. you bet. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. we got an open line. We're going to go to Longmont. Johnny. Is it Johnny? Johnny, yes. Hey, you're on Calvary Live. Thank you for calling. Hey there. Um, I'm calling with a prayer request. Um, I've been divorced for about four years now. And um, recently, it's been put on my heart, I want to try to fix my family. And so I've been praying to God to um, try to heal us and bring us back together. Right. So are you asking for prayer for that? Yes. 
Okay. I think as you do pray for that, as you seek the Lord, he, he is the God of restoration. He's the God that wants to restore families. And, you know, families, as I look at it, and I just want to encourage you in this, um, are so important to the Lord. Uh, you see it in the Old Testament. Uh, in the Old Testament, when people talk to each other, today when we talk to each other, it's what do you do? And what's your political view? And what's your favorite sport team? And all of this. But not back in, in ancient Israel. It was, you know, what's your family name? You know, what what tribe are you from? And And that was so important. And God is the one that puts families together. And he's the one that keeps families together. But he also does a restoring work of families when they are fractured and severed. And there's difficulty and hardship. And so, Father, I just pray for my sister. I just pray that she desires to have um, restoration with her family. You know all the details. You know everything that's going on, that that would take place. And that uh, the things that need to happen, if there's understanding and clarity, forgiveness, um, that it would lead to um, just uh, everyone humbling themselves, coming in a likeness of mind and heart, knowing that you want to do this restoring work, and Lord, that it would take place. And I just pray that you be with Johnny as she's desiring to do this, that you would give her wisdom and guidance and patience as well, the right words to speak to her family. And so, Lord, we pray that you would just do this work because you are God of restoration. You're a God of forgiveness, and you're a God who has put families together, and we thank you for that. And families are very important to you. So we just ask for this restoring work to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. We'll be praying, okay? Okay, thank you so much. You bet, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. It just The hour goes by quick. We got plenty of time in the show and love to answer your questions or pray with you and just uh, minister to you. So the text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Fort Collins. Chris? Hello. Hi, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you. I wasn't sure I was live yet. Um, I've got two questions for uh-huh. you. Uh, the first one would be in John, uh, right after the resurrection of Jesus, he appeared to the apostles the second time, and he breathed on them. And this was before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit came upon them. But it doesn't say anything more. And I was wondering if you could maybe explain what that meant. Well, there's a couple thoughts, and one of the thoughts is this. You know, Jesus in that upper room, before his uh, death and resurrection, the night before he suffered, he said that the the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, would be sent to them. He, he, he tells the disciples that, that it's important that I go away, and, um, and where I'm going, you're not able to come right now. I go and prepare a place for you, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans, right? Um, the Comforter is going to come, and he talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so we know that in John chapter 16, uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, um, let me read it to you, is that, uh, that uh, and when he has come, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin, 
of righteousness and judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. And as he speaks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it seems to indicate to us that the Holy Spirit is is convicting people. Um, you can say the Holy Spirit perhaps is with everyone that is convicting them of sin, of judgment, of righteousness, uh, convicting the hearts of people that you need to turn to Jesus Christ, convicting them when they hear the gospel. Um, so the Holy Spirit's ministry is that, convicting people of their need for the Savior, Jesus Christ. And then you bring up the reference when uh, he breathed on them. So after his resurrection, they received the Holy Spirit that went into them. Uh, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit was in them. And then in Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit came upon them, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, to empower them to be my witnesses, as he says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that's the, the work that we see of the Holy Spirit, to convict the world of, of sin. He breathed in them. Every believer uh, has the Holy Spirit that is in them. Um, we just talked about this, uh, the Christ in us. Uh, Paul writes about in the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, that if you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't belong to God. You're, you're not saved. So the Holy Spirit in us, and then as they were born again, um, then the the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the epi that came upon them to empower them to be their witnesses. So that's how I kind of separate those things out um, in John's Gospel and then in the book of Acts. Uh, let me see if I understand this. You're saying that when he breathed on them, then the Holy Spirit came into them, but they did not yet have power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and there there can be a little some debate on that, because some people say, well, you know, because when we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit comes into us, we're born again by the Spirit of God. And, and then there's that third act of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, empowering us. Some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, but we see that in Acts chapter 1. And some people will say, well, what do you mean, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit? Don't I have the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah, you do have the Holy Spirit. But that coming upon epe, you know, to, to empower you, the dunamos, to be my witnesses— that we see that, and there's different thoughts on that. Um, and there are those who say, well, how do you get the empowering of the Holy Spirit? I think that Jesus answered that in Luke's Gospel when he said that uh, those of you who, if you ask for uh, bread from your uh, earthly father, is he going to give you a stone? No. How much more will the Heavenly Father, who is good, give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And as we just ask, I know for me in my life, uh, Chris, it was, Lord, I know I'm saved. I know I have the Holy Spirit in my heart and, and um, that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, but I just need the empowering of the Holy Spirit so I can have the power to really live for you and be your witness. And I just received it by faith. It wasn't goosebumps that happened. It wasn't, you know, um, some people think that uh, the evidence of you having the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Uh, that's not what the Scripture teaches. I think just asking and in faith and, and just saying, Lord, uh, I just want the filling of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want more of the Holy Spirit 
But again, some people look at it differently and they, they get sometimes a little bit confused about that. Uh, to me, it's like, I want all that the Holy Spirit has for me. I know he lives in me and I want to be empowered by him as well. Okay. Um, the next but you might... question. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this was on a different question. Okay. Did you have something you wanted to no, I was just going to say you might want to look at that and and look at that and um and I think that uh, you'll look at that there's some good bible studies commentaries on it uh, but I was just going to encourage you in that. So what's your second question? The second one is very different and it's when you speak to somebody who aligns themselves with the Palestinians and the Palestinians say, "Hey, we were in this land and we we that they it, um Jews have now, the Israelites have now. Um, we had it first. Now, how do you respond to that? Because going back in history, they did. And how do you respond to somebody like that with that thinking? Well, and, and it, it, there's different motives why people say that. And the thing about it is you can take them back scripturally to the Abrahamic covenant to the promise that God made to Abraham, that I will give you this land. He even sets out the boundaries and in the book of Genesis. And so his descendants, that covenant, went through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then, of course, the ten, uh, the 12 sons of Jacob, uh, being the patriarchs of the 12 tribes of Israel. We do know that um, God promised that um, that they would have that land. Jerusalem uh, is God's holy city. Um, we know that, again, there's uh, many references in the Old Testament to Jerusalem um, being God's holy city uh, for the Jews. And I think people want to look at it uh, recently, in the recent history, of course, in 70 AD, the Romans come in, they destroy Jerusalem, the Jews are scattered at that time, they cease to be a nation, and then they go throughout the world and and then you had different people that occupied that area for the most part. There's always been Jews in Israel uh, during that time, but you had the Turks that ruled, the 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 British um, that ruled, and and then handed it over to um, the um, you know to the Jews. As a matter of fact, the the uh, nation of leagues or the League of Nations, the United Nations, had a plan that part of it will be Israel, the land part of it will be. Uh, Palestine. And the Jews said, we'll take that plan. And the Palestinians said, no, we're not going to take that plan. Uh, and so, you know, that's where the, the political realm comes in, is, you know, who had that land and, you know, all of that that goes on um, in the political realm. But we can look at it scripturally and we can see that God gave them that land and we can show it to them in the book of, of Genesis. If they believe in the Koran and not the Bible, um, does anything in the Koran back this up? Well, what I, what is interesting, there's nothing that I see in the Koran. I'm not an expert at the, in the Koran, but I think if if and I I I may not be totally correct on this, but there's many many references to Jerusalem in the Bible, but I don't think there's any references in the Koran. Uh, of Jerusalem. And again, um, that's just something that a thought that I'm thinking of, but, um, you know, uh, 
you know, Jerusalem is God's holy city, uh, and uh, we had the city of David, and it will be Jerusalem, uh, the capital of Israel, um, and it will be as what happens when the Lord comes back at the end of the tribulation period, he restores the nation of Israel. He'll take those boundaries that were given there, I believe, in the book of Genesis, because they never occupied all of that from, I believe, the Nile River clear to Euphrates. And then uh, Jerusalem will be where the Lord reigns from, the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So good questions. Look at it. I appreciate you calling, Chris. God bless you. Hey, we're going to be right back. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel, Greeley, Northern Colorado here with you and so blessed to be with you. This is actually the first Monday live show uh, of 2023. So, so glad you've joined us. Always blessed uh, to be with you on Mondays. And uh, as we start the work week, what a wonderful way. Maybe it's evening where you are on the East Coast. Maybe it's uh, getting towards evening on the West Coast. Listeners from all over the country, so glad that you've joined us. We do have an open line, 303-690-3000. Give me a call, and we're going to go to the callers in just a minute. I'm going to give you that text line again. It's 720-336-0897. But I just want to encourage you that um, as we're here to pray for you and bless you as we start a new year um, to, you know, just may this be a year uh, where we really, we start the show out, you know, talking about being led by the Spirit and uh, just pressing in on the things of the Lord, knowing that God wants to work in your life. Uh, he wants to work through the difficulties and the trials, um, the sadness and the sorrow. He wants to work in, in whatever season that you find yourself in and to know that he will be faithful to you. But uh, we keep, need to keep pressing in on the Lord, continue on with the Lord, drawing close to the Lord. And maybe you're in a trial where you know the tendency can be to just pull away from the Lord. And don't do that. Don't do that. It's a time to draw close to the Lord and uh, because he wants to minister uh, his comfort, his love to you, his grace to you. And so if you need prayer, give me a call at that number, 303-690-3000, or the text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Richard in Pennsylvania. Richard? Hi. Yeah, good evening. Hey, how are you? Yes, you were right. I'm in the East Coast. Hey, Richard, you there? I am here. Can you hear me Okay. Yep, I can hear you. You're on Calvary Live. Let me. I'll take it off of speakerphone if it helps. Does this sound there? Clear? That helps. Yeah, that's okay, much better. Perfect. Thank you. So, go ahead. Uh, the, yeah, the reason I called is I don't know how the radio stations are. You know how it works. Where you know if you hear the same thing that I hear in Pennsylvania, where you're at. But prior to your show, there was a preacher. He was giving a powerful message on how we are to keep the Ten Commandments. Uh, but through grace, not through legalism. And so right. because I respect your teachings, I wanted to know now I, the way I read it, and I'm just going to go off of two scriptures, even though I have multiple, but 
uh, relating back to the Old Testament where Jesus, I'm sorry, not Jesus, Old Testament, where God says, uh, keep, keep these commandments uh, perpetual. He uses the word perpetual, which means without ceasing, right? And then mm-hmm. coming to the New Testament, where Jesus himself quotes the commandments, and then um, I'll use one more that explains why I understand and feel the way I feel. Uh, but the last one I'm going to use is where he says, uh, he breaks down, you know, when they ask him about the greatest commandments, he breaks it down to two, you know, love the Lord, love your neighbor, etc. cetera. Uh, but he also says, you know, the first one, love the Lord with all your heart. But one of his scriptures says, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. So I just want to know what your thoughts were on the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you know, the Ten Commandments given, and then the laws given in the Old Testament. When you go to the New Testament, Jesus does break it down. Matter of fact, what I understand is they took the Ten Commandments, and they made 613 commandments out of it. And then as we hear Jesus, he says, here's the greatest commandments, love God and love others. And even Paul picks up on that uh, as you go into the book of Galatians. Uh, he says that you're to stand fast in the liberty uh, as you go in. You, and um, he goes on to say um, in that that uh, that you are to be one that uh, faith works by, uh, you're not justified by the law, you've fallen from grace. But he goes on as you walk in this grace that it is faith that's working through love. And I love that because Jesus, that's what he's saying. Um, You know, the law is given, and what the New Testament in Galatians and Romans is declaring us is that we're not saved by the law, Um, that the law can't save anyone. Uh, The law has never brought life. It only brings death. It condemns us because the law is perfect. It's God's holy standard. But the problem is you and me. We can't keep it. So it there's a purpose of the law, and that is to drive us to Jesus Christ, and that we're saved by faith. We're not justified by the law. Uh, we know that very clearly. But as we come and we love him, that we are to walk with him. And, and that's what I think um, is a key in the New Testament. It's not legalism. And even in the book of Galatians, that Paul says, don't yoke yourself to legalism. Um, don't yoke yourself to the bondage of legalism as the Judaizers were coming in and saying that, hey, you have to be circumcised and you have to keep the law of Moses. And and Paul is saying, no, that's another gospel. And there's only one gospel. There's not a gospel for the Jews and a gospel for the Gentiles. And so he goes into detail defending the gospel of grace. He then defines the gospel of grace, and then he tells us how we walk in the gospel of grace, that is, walking after the Spirit, walking in love, as, you know, faith works through love. And that's the key for us, is as you love somebody, you're going to want to walk in obedience. And it's a living faith. It's a real faith in us that, that you know, the conviction of the Holy Spirit when we sin. And we have forgiveness. If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So the key for a Christian is that we don't yoke ourselves to the law, but we yoke ourselves to him personally. And, of course, we, we have the commandments given to us and how we are to live, um, the best way to live. And there's a real important verse that's in First John chapter 5, 
that John says that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, but his commandments are not burdensome. And I always remind our congregation, and I think I, I may have at one of the services, even on Sunday, that every commandment of the Lord is an expression of his love. It's not to be burdensome. To live for the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to walk down the highway of holiness is not to burden us, it's to free us. Um, and that's what the liberty, living for Christ, to stand fast in the liberty um, means. It's not free to go out and sin and break the commandments. It's free to live for him. And and every commandment that is given is an expression of his love for us because it is sin that's going to hold us in bondage. It is sin that's going to, um, to you know, um, put us down and, and um, do us in. And it is living after the Lord and loving after the Lord um, and in faith because the just shall live by faith. And that's the theme of the book of Galatians. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're asking and looking for, um, but there's nothing wrong. In agreement with what I'm saying, it's like, I don't, I don't keep the commandments because of the law or the legalism aspect. I keep it because I take delight in the opportunity and the grace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Paul goes, you know, in, in Romans chapter six, Richard, I'm sure you're familiar with this, that because Paul gives the doctrine of, of justification, and then he gives the doctrine of sanctification. And, in that doctrine of sanctification, he says, should we continue in sin that grace abounds? He says, no. We identify with Christ um, in this newness of life. We're dead to sin. And Peter writes that we are in the darkness, and he's brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So why would we want to go back to the darkness? So it's a living faith in us, and it is. It's not yoking ourselves to legalism. And that's a point that re- Paul really presses in on in the book of Galatians. And he says, it's by faith, the just shall live by faith. And that's, the, of course, the theme of the book of Romans as well. And that as we live by faith, it's love. And he says, you can sum up the law in one word, and that is in love. And that's what Jesus was saying, love God, love others. And if you do love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so there is that uh, exhortation for us to to live uh, after the Lord, to walk in holiness, to abide in Him. That's what we're to do. But there's a big difference, Richard, and I think that's this is what you're saying. There's a big difference between I have to and I've got to in order to earn my salvation or approval before God, rather than I have the approval of God. We're born again by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in me that enables me to live a life for Him, and the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts to live after him, and we get to. We get to walk with him. We get to to um, to worship him. We get to serve him. We want to serve him. And there's a big difference, isn't there? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Well, I don't know yeah. your testimony, but I'm grateful that you answered the call. So I really appreciate all the teachings. Even when they're not my questions, I find myself interested in listening to what you're teaching. So God bless you. Yeah. Thank you for the Thank you. Uh, Thank you for calling. Yeah. God bless you, Richard. 303-690-3000, the calling number. You, you know, grace is an incredible thing. And we've been doing a study on Galatians on Sunday morning. And so many people have said they're so freed up um, in that study of Galatians. We don't yoke ourselves to legalism. 
we yoke ourselves to him and that we're saved by faith. And how is it that we walk in faith is that we walk in love um, and we're not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But what we are to do is that we are to, out of love and faith, faith working through love, um, that we are to walk with him because we want to. Um, we want to walk with him, what he's done for us. So love is the key in, in knowing that we're saved by faith alone, Christ alone. So uh, it, good, good study. Good question, Richard. Let's uh, continue. 303-690-3000. I believe we got an open line or two. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead and go to Sean in Denver. Sean? Hi, can, hi, can you hear me Okay. I sure can. Thanks for calling. Perfect. Go ahead. So, I I have a question for you. I guess my question is, um, uh, I'm a believer, and and my parents are both believers too. But uh, how how do you how do how do we biblically deal with our parents overstepping? And and trying to, uh, <laughs> um, so I, I get nervous online. Um, no, you're fine. You're wondering where's the line and how do I honor mom and dad? Probably that's the question that I get, right? Yeah. And, well, when it comes to parenting my own children and and, yeah. and with my wife. Yeah, yeah, and you know, here's the thing. Do you know the definition of marriage? I bet you do. Um, it's adjoining two, two different, two different, two individuals into one, right? So the Lord comes along, he gives us the definition of marriage. It's in Genesis chapter two. We find it in Matthew. They came and asked them, you know, Jesus about marriage. And he said, have you not read that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh? So here's the key, Sean, that there is a leaving. There's a leaving mom and dad, and you you cleave, you're joined to your wife, you become one flesh. We don't fully understand it, but the Bible declares it, um, that you're one. So there is a leaving, and it doesn't mean that mom and dad can't be a blessing, can't speak truth into your life. It doesn't mean that mom and dad um, can have influence with your you know, kids, their grandkids, and with you guys. But there is a boundary that is there, and I I think that sometimes that parents want to interfere, it can happen, and that's one of the things that we talk about in premarital counseling, is I talk to young couples particularly about that very issue. You know, where are the boundaries with mom and dad? You know, um, are they going to want to really um, come into your life and uh, begin to really... uh, you know, try to make the decisions for you, tell you how do you do this. And you just got to respectfully say that, you know what, mom and dad, I appreciate your your feedback. I know that you love us. You love our kids. You, you love your daughter-in-law, uh, but you need to butt out <laughs> at certain times <laughs> and, and, and to lead your wife in that way. And it doesn't mean you don't listen to them. It doesn't mean that the things that are said that, um, you can't take to prayer, but 
you know, there is a boundary that is there because there's a leaving of mom and dad and you have a family and you can tell them this is where the Lord has led us. And this is a decision that my wife and I have made together and how, you know, we discipline our kids, um, you know, the things that we are doing, uh, what we're going to do for, you know, all kinds of different areas of your lives uh, where we're going to spend the holidays and all of that. Uh, but there is that, um, you know, just just very, um, you know, just very humbly and you don't have to be combative. But this is the decision that we've made. I appreciate it. I know you guys love us and uh, we appreciate your feedback. We know you love the kids and appreciate your support. But this is the direction we're going to go. And and just um, that's how you kind of do that. You're still honoring mom and dad. Um, but you're not letting them dictate you guys and run your life. And um, you're the head of the house, not mom and dad and your family. So there's, there's roles that they play, but, um, mm-hmm. but there's, there's, there is a, a, a line that's there and you got to determine that you and your wife. And sometimes you have to protect, you know, uh, there are people, you know, a, a, a husband or a wife, they have to protect their spouse from their parents, and um, and your wife can't feel like they're running the show. Mm-hmm. Does that help? It does a lot. Thank you. You know, Sean. I know it's it's a little to some people it may sound a little bit um, I don't know direct, <laughs> but I don't know how any other way to do it. And you know, you express your love and your appreciation for them, but. You are the head of the house. And if you need to protect your wife and kids from um, influences that uh, or them trying to make decisions for you, um, you can say thank you. But this is this is what we're going to do. And we're praying about it. And we're going to go in this direction. Okay. well, thank you. I appreciate it. Can I can I pray for you? Yes, I I would really like that. Thank you. Father, I pray for Sean is, you know, he wants to lead his family and Lord, um, you know, the influences, um, um, and you know, just the pressure that can come. And even when they come with good intentions, but Lord, I just pray that you give him guidance and direction and he would be just direct with his parents, reaffirm his love for them, that he desires to honor them. But Lord, that, uh, he would, um, just really, um, give him the right words to speak. And Lord, I pray that you give him the wisdom and direction in that. And then also as he just um, is the head of his home and leading his wife and his children, that he would do it in a godly way, in a way that pleases you. So I thank you for his call. And I just pray that you would just um, put the words in his mouth to be able to speak and to show grace, um, to show um, appreciation, but Lord, also to, to be direct and honest. Uh, with his parents, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessing, Sean. God bless you. Thank you. You bet, absolutely. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Let me see where I am at. And I think that it's Chris in Denver. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I sure can. Thank you for calling. Outstanding. I have a question from a few months ago. You were online, and there was a lady that called in in regards to the Sabbath. 
uh, the fourth commandment that Moses put together. Mm-hmm. And you had stated that uh, because of the, the New Testament, uh, as Christians, we don't have to follow the Sabbath that was guided by Moses, and that you decided that the best day for you personally was either a Monday or Tuesday, because that was your day that was open. And I really have been kicking around that conversation for a few weeks, kind of you know going over it in my mind, because Jesus came and said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it, right? And he was crucified on the day of preparation prior to the day of the Sabbath, which is actually Saturday, not Sunday. It's been perverted over the years. So I wanted to kind of get a deeper context on why that would be being taught um, when Jesus actually was crucified uh, for the day of Passover in that process. That's my first question. So I wanted to kind of get a little bit deeper um, knowledge from your response there. So, So what's your question specifically? Well, the, the question is regards to the observance of the Sabbath, right? The, the Fourth Commandment says, keep my Sabbath holy, right, and maintain the day, and the day that God made um, so are you asking that day was the seventh if, if, day, which is Saturday. Yeah, and what I'm asking is, are, are, you, um, are you saying, or, or, you know, do you have that um, conviction that Christians should observe the Sabbath, or why don't we observe the Sabbath? We definitely have the conviction of observing the Sabbath. It's more about why are we not observing the Sabbath on the appropriate day. Yeah, and, you know, why we meet perhaps on Sunday. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I think the New Testament has some clear answers on that. Um, We do know that uh, Paul would write in the book of Romans, um, and I'm going to give you a couple things to kind of look at, and uh, because— you know, there are those who come along and say, why doesn't the church observe the Sabbath? And, um, you know, the the early Christians did, and it was a conspiracy later on uh, that the Sabbath changed to Sunday with Constantine and all of that. I think the early Christians met, um, you know, I think there's evidence in the New Testament that they met on the first day of the week. We see that with Paul uh, when he was in Troash. He was teaching the disciples the first day of the week. We know that he writes to the Corinthian church. He says that, uh, get your collection ready to go on the first day of the week. And the reason for that is because that that's when they would gather. Um, but when it comes specifically with observing the Sabbath, we know that uh, he would write something very important in Romans. And I think uh, if we talked about this a couple months ago, that he says one person esteems one day above another, Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And so Paul's saying that we have liberty, that some people esteem one day above another. So the conviction with you, Chris, is that to observe the Sabbath. And and that's your conviction. And um, I, I I wouldn't argue with that, but that's not my conviction. I esteem every day alike to be worshiping the Lord, uh, whether it's Sunday mornings, that's when we customarily meet on the first day of the week. Uh, but we have, you know, Bible studies. We meet uh, all week long, and it's just not on Saturday. Uh, we meet on Saturday as well um, at times in Bible studies. I'm doing a class on Sunday morning. But also Paul would write it to the Church of Colossae 
uh, a second reference is that he would say, let no one judge you according to Sabbath, new moon, and festivals, which are just the substance of the reality. And um, he's saying that Jesus is the reality. Um, it's just, those things are just a shadow of the reality, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Sabbath. Uh, he's our Sabbath rest. Um, so he has that reference. But one reference that you might look at, Chris, is in Acts chapter 15. Are you familiar with that chapter? Okay, I don't know if I lost them. But in in Acts chapter 15, um, what we have is, and just for the finish up the conversation, and I think this is important because when people say, well, why don't you observe the Sabbath? Um, I can take him to Romans chapter 14. I can take him to Colossians chapter 2. But in Acts chapter 15, there was the Jerusalem Council. And in that Jerusalem Council, there was the leaders, Paul and Barnabas and Silas, the guys from Antioch. Is the, the, it began to spread um, the gospel uh, throughout um, the Gentile churches. And as that was happening, um, that, that um, you know, they were the Judaizers coming in and saying that they had to be circumcised in order to be justified. And they had to observe the law of Moses. And, and I'm not saying Chris is saying you have to observe the Sabbath to be saved. But, you know, Paul addresses that in the book of Galatians. And he goes, as he writes that first epistle, it's the first epistle of Paul that's recorded in the New Testament, he says um, that you observe days and months and seasons and years. He's talking about Sabbaths. He's talking about, um, you know, he's talking about Sabbath years and 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 all of that, he says, I'm afraid for you, lest I've labored for you in vain. Um, so he addresses that in the book of Galatians. But in after that, they would meet, Acts chapter 15. There's Peter and James and John and the guys in Jerusalem, and they're asking this question, what is it that we tell the Gentile believers? Do we tell them that they have to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses? And what is interesting, when you read that chapter, there was a sect of Pharisees that got saved. Um, and they were there saying, yes, you have to, to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. And what happened is you read Acts chapter 15 as they came to a conclusion led by the Holy Spirit. And the conclusion was this, and this is what I'd like to bring up, that they said that what we are to do, he says, um, James, therefore I judge that we should not trouble those among the Gentiles who are turning to God but we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, um, from immorality, because that was a big problem when they came out. Um, the paganism was immorality, from things strangled and from blood. And so those are the four things that they said that they are to abstain from. And they would write a letter to those Christians, and they said, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary, that you abstain from things offered to idol, from blood, from things strangled, and from immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you do well. Nothing about the Sabbath. Nothing about having to observe the Sabbath. And so that is the instructions given to the Gentile believers. And if one person wants to observe the Sabbath, that's great. Um, but you know, Jesus is their Sabbath rest. And to me, every day is to be, you know, enjoyed in the Lord is what I believe and what my conviction is. 
Um, and I think the early church, uh, even as far as Acts chapter 2, that they went from house to house breaking bread, praising God, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as were being saved, that they were meeting every day. So that's my conviction on that, um, and uh, that we as Christians, uh, that we can worship the Lord at any time, and uh, that is what I see in the scriptures, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, so uh, that's that's the answer to that. Sorry we couldn't finish up the conversation that um, you weren't able to stay on the line. Uh, just real quick prayer request um, that uh, there's somebody who says um, they're struggling with um, just addiction with drinking and trying to find strength. Um, and Lord, as we close the show, I pray for this one who's texting this prayer request. And Lord, I pray that you would free them. It, it's such a destructive thing to be addicted to alcohol and drugs, but you can give them the power to do it. I pray that you would free them from that, that you would help them, and Lord, that they would be able to move forward in being sober-minded and not being affected by um, by um, this addiction that um, they are just struggling with. So I just pray for that work to free them in that way. And then also just somebody praying, please help me, I'm just really struggling um, in a trial. So Lord, this trial that this person is in, you know what it is that you would help them, be with them. And Lord, just help them get through the trial and work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, great to, to be with you today. Great show today. Be back tomorrow at the same time. God bless you. Have a great, great evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.